Hello and welcome back to episode 18 of the Back Pocket Banner podcast. Um, massive guest today and a bloody ripper chat with top four contestant of Big Brother 2020 and Broken Hill legend, Matt Garrick. And we caught up with Matt early in the week. You're obviously born and bred up in God's country in Broken Hill and love your sport. Tell us a bit about the early days in the background. Uh, yeah, so as you said, born and bred up in, in uh, I like to call it God's country, big fan yeah, of that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, out here in Broken Hill, far west New South Wales. Um, yeah, grown up here my whole life, got a lot of family and friends here. And um, yeah, I guess one of the best ways to fill your time out here and when you're so isolated is to play sports. So it's something I've always done uh, from a young age. Uh, now I just sort of play uh, footy like Aussie rules. Yep. Um, but used to play yeah, a bit of cricket, baseball, uh, volleyball, you name it. it was, was on out here. So, yeah, that was sport. Uh, took up a large chunk of my childhood and got a lot of great friends and great memories from it. Yeah, yeah well, likewise. Love playing sport. Yeah, so you're always a big fan of sports. And what were some of your favourites when you were growing up? Uh, Aussie rules, probably definitely number one and still is, I'd say, to this day. And uh, cricket was a pretty close second. I loved uh, Shane Warnes, one of my heroes. Loved him, yeah. loved Glenn McGrath, Adam Gilchrist and grew up watching that powerhouse team. So that was always uh, how the summers were spent, was uh, watching cricket and then going out in the backyard and trying to recreate it. But yeah, uh, AFL's definitely the uh, the front runner, I think. But now I'm a pretty big fan of my American sports now, so yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, think, I did pick up the Warnies Wednesdays on the Insta and that, but I know you love them, man. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, think I pretty similar with us boys, we like the, uh, yeah, footy and cricket probably. In the main two, probably. Yeah, favourites yeah. in amongst yeah. like basketball and tennis too, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, mind, don't mind me tennis. Love Federer, same as everybody, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah Federer's a very popular <laughs> man, isn't Can't he? Can't dislike him. He's a star, mate. <laughs> um, we'll move on to the big Texan, Taylor Walker. Ben Richmond Sports actually gave us a segment, um, Blair's blowtorch the other week on him and probably ripped into the power stance, to be honest. But he's obviously a great mate of yours, so tell us a bit about that. Uh, yeah, look, grew up with, with the great man, Big Texi. Uh, went to school. I was a year above him at school, but went all through school together and started playing footy together about age of five, I think. So, yeah, just growing up together, our, both of our fathers uh, coached our teams on the way through. So, once again, a lot of, lot of great memories there. And then, obviously, he left town. He got drafted at 17. Uh, oh, he won a, didn't win it. He got a, got a scholarship, New South Wales scholarship program from Adelaide. And then, uh, yeah, went, went down to the Crows in uh, end of 07. And, yeah, he's had – he's obviously on the, on the back end of it now, but he's had a pretty – Pretty darn good career. I know I'm a bit biased, but you know he'll, end up, he'll finish with he'll finish with 200 games and probably be the Crows' uh, leading goal kicker. So I know he, he cops a bit of flack, and it's you know because of the reasons that you mentioned, and he puts himself out. He puts himself out there. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, it's it's a pretty good career. So I'm very proud to call him a, a great mate of mine. Yeah, definitely. I think Absolutely. I think on his um Wikipedia, I actually saw he kicked seven in one of the flags down there. Pretty handy kicking it into him to kick bags for you. Yeah, he did. So he was that was back in 07 uh, and he was 17 and yeah, he bagged seven that day and literally was just taking grown, grown men to the cleaners at centre half forward and he, by the second half he had about the, his fourth or fifth opponent and he was screaming out to the opposition bench saying, who's next? Like, so he, uh, he wasn't lacking any confidence but it was uh, well deserved because he was, yeah, yeah he won, literally won us a game off his own boot that day. Yeah, so bring him on. Yeah, so as we touched on, the North Broken Hill Bulldogs had a fair bit of success with you winning six flags. What position did you play on the side? 
Uh, so when I was a bit younger and a bit, <laughs> a bit fitter and faster, I used to play a little bit of midfield, did a bit of tagging, uh, but then made my way to the, uh, to the back lines. And I'm a little back pocket plumber now, and I've been, <laughs> been there ever since. But I'm sort of one of these backmen, a bit like yeah, sort of Heath Shores. I don't man up much. I'm not going to lie about that. So <laughs> man and up's for losers, but I, I do play in... Yeah, I do play in the uh, play in the back line now. So yeah, just sort of do a lot of pointing and ordering everyone else around, and just don't make me own man up. If I'm honest, yeah, <laughs> man, yeah I'm actually that's why we called the podcast Back Pocket Banner because I played back pocket last year as well. But yeah, I, I love it down there. It's it's not bad. Just get you and do the job. We've got a mate that we call uh, the Wallet because he's played senior footy on and off for about twenty odd years, and uh, he's. Like your wallet, always in the back pocket. He's oh, literally never left the joint, so. I like that. That's really good. Um, so last year you appeared on the TV show Think Tank. How did that all come about? Uh, so that this whole bloody crazy ride I've been on, I guess you'd call it, it's all started uh, back in 2017. I applied to go on the Chase Australia and got on that and uh, did okay. Won a bit of cash on that. And then Think Tank uh, was produced by the same company that do... Um, do the chase so they approached me to uh try out for that and yeah i was lucky enough to to get a gig and was i guess the resident sort of sports nut on that in a trivia sense so it was yeah it was something different but it was a lot of fun yeah yeah definitely yeah you've been a, you've been around all the show though, haven't you? you've got a, <laughs> yeah, a bit of a bloody yeah. bit of a slut for a, for a tv show <laughs> Love it. yeah i think when um when it was announced it was going on big brother i'd I'd seen you on Think Tank and I was like, that's that's definitely the same bloke. Dad's like, no, it's not. I was like, no, it's, it's the same bloke and he seems like a good lad, so this will be a good fun. Yeah. <laughs> there was, it's actually a bit of a weird crossover of uh, Think Tank and Big Brother fans, which I didn't think would be the case. There was a sort of, yeah, a weird sort of cross-section of people that were Followed big by. Think Tank fans and then also Big Brother fans, which I didn't expect, but it was nice to see there's a bit of Think Tank love out there. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Moving on to the big topic of big brother where you made the top four and just fell short of having a chance at 250,000 or should say 234. Don't bring Kieran up. Don't bring bloody Kieran up. <laughs> what was so appealing about going on the show and how'd you go about applying for it? Uh, so the truth be told, I actually applied for survivor. I'm mad on, um, on survivor and, Yep. Once again, same company produces Big Brother and they saw my Survivor application, obviously liked it and they actually got in contact and said, um, we really like your application. Would you think about uh, going on Big Brother? You could, you, we think you could fill a sort of spot that we're looking to fill. And I said, oh, look, to be honest, I'm not that interested in, in Big Brother, what it, what it became like. And they said, yeah. nah, this is going to yeah, be a lot different. It's going to be more along the survivor sort of lines with the challenges and the, and the evic, uh, evictions and voting and that. So as soon as I sort of said that, I was like, nah, that sounds good. And then I'm pretty keen on that. So reapplied, um, didn't get any um, free passes or anything. I went through the full big brother application process, the same as everyone else. Um, and yeah, I was lucky enough to, to get a gig and um, yeah, I'm super glad I did because when they initially said Big Brother, I was like, nah, not interested. Just keen on the yeah, survivor yeah. sort of thing. But, yeah, it turned out that I'm pretty glad it went that way in the end. Yeah. Yeah, well, going into it, Connor and I hadn't watched it before, but we obviously um, knew Goz from Footy World and sort of followed his – and that sort of was got us onto it. But did you know him before going into the house or any other people in that aspect? 
No, no, I had not met uh, any of the other housemates before. Uh, a few people had met each other at auditions, group auditions and that, but because I'm out here in Broken Hill and so isolated, all of my auditions were done via Skype and online. Oh, yeah. So I didn't actually meet any other people in person during the audition process. So I was going in completely cold, which was a bit daunting. But <laughs> when I walked in and saw Goz night one, I obviously knew who he was, being a footy nut myself. And as soon as I saw him, I sort of played it cool. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have a lot of fun in here with this fella. So, yeah. And yeah, it turns out that's exactly how it played out. So it was sort of almost a relief to see him in there night one because at least I knew I'm going to have someone that I've, I've yeah. got something in common with. So yeah, uh, it was, yeah, it was a big relief actually seeing, seeing the big yeah. fella. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, going in, did you have any expectations of what it would be like and what was your game plan? Oh, to be honest, I had no real idea what to expect in a, in a game sense. And I don't think anyone did, including like the producers and that, because we were sort of, I guess, guinea pigs because it was a brand yeah. new format. Yeah, it's still called Big Brother and it had a lot of Big Brother, like classical Big Brother elements in it, but... Then you add this survivor sort of um, side to it and it just changed the game completely. So my expectations, I I honestly didn't know what to think. Um, so I didn't really, I was conscious of not getting into a mindset of what to expect because if I sort of was completely wrong, it would have it would have stuffed me from the beginning. But uh, my game plan, I guess, was I wanted to back, um, I guess, my personality and uh, humour and wit and that in to sort of, I feel I make, make friends pretty easy and, and get people, gain people's trust. So that was sort of the game plan. But I also said that I didn't want to be like the head of a group or an alliance or whatever, but meaning like I want, to have, I want to be the – I said I wanted to be the neck, not the head. So I wanted to have a say in all the decisions that were made, but I didn't want to openly be seen to be, to be driving it because it could have ended up with me on the, on the chopping block. So I think for the most part, it, it worked pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It worked out pretty well. And, yeah, that's fair enough because it was the first time – They'd done the Big Brother for a while, so in a completely different seat. Absolutely wouldn't have known, yeah, what was going to sort of go down. Yeah. We that was that was probably one of the most exciting parts of it is just yeah. going in there and having no idea what was coming. Like, it was really exciting, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, and that leads into the next thing. I was going to say, going into it, there's obviously always a bit of, like, a few nerves probably, but were you, like, nervous or pretty excited to just get into it and have a bit of fun? Uh, I was, I was definitely nervous. I won't, I won't lie and say that that I wasn't. It was just uh, so weird uh, getting taken from our hotel room where we were in lockdown, whacked the hood on our head, and then next minute they take it off, put a mic on us, then yeah. put the hood back over, and next time they take it off, I'm standing there looking at bloody Sonia Kruger, which was like, that's when the nerves. It was sort of like shit. This just became real. Yeah. But then I think sort of waking up. The, the first night I was pretty, uh, well, a mix of nerves and excitement just because there were so many big personalities and I was sort of wondering how, how's it going to go here. But then waking up on the first morning and walking out and thinking like, shit, I'm in the Big Brother house. Like, then I started like getting excited and really wanting to, I guess, sink my teeth into, into the game. Yeah, hopefully you were one of the ones that did get some sleep because lots of people did that night from um, God. Oh, mate, that was so funny. I was... I was worried, like, because I'm a bit of a snorer myself and yeah. I was a bit sort of worried going in there thinking, geez, I hope I don't snore. But then I went to sleep. Oh, I, I'm a pretty pretty heavy sleeper. So I heard the big fella ripping him out, but then I fell asleep <laughs> and woke up and everyone was just abusing him. And then when he came out on the first morning, he's like, 
oh, I slept like a log. I was like, mate, your name is Mud out here. Slept like a log, but nobody yeah, else did. I, I was bloody worried because I, I thought, oh, no, our man's already got a target on his back after the first oh, that, we, we thought the same. We're like, you're, you're gone here. Like, <laughs> if you want to win this first challenge or you're in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I asked little Ian, I was like, mate, did I snore last night? He's like, oh, you did, but not as bad as him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we only got to see a small amount of what goes on in the house, was there anything that you're glad didn't get aired to the public? Oh, no, nah, not, not really. I, I think I was pretty conscious of the fact going in there that, you know, you filmed 24 seven and although you did honestly forget about the cameras and that until you heard one of them trip over or cough or something. Um, yeah. But I was sort of conscious of the fact of, and that's not me anyway, I wasn't going to go in there and, you know, tell lies about like my yeah. life outside of here because I knew, knew that all my friends and family are going to watch it. And if, if, I t- if I was just making stuff up, they would have been like, that's not true. So it was for the most part. Um, yeah. I was pretty confident that there was nothing I was going to be too embarrassed about. There's a few little uh, dress ups and that uh, cross dressing, incidents well not incidents but a bit of fun that we we had on a couple of nights which could i thought would have made it to air for sure but uh yeah they didn't so that's for the for the eyes that saw it only now thank god yeah (laughs) i also heard about um uh kieran and hannah that that didn't make it to air guys wanted it to but the um the kissing thing oh the kissing practice yeah that was uh one of the funniest and most awkward things i've ever seen in my life because Kieran, uh, he won't, he won't want me saying Kieran's a virgin and we were saying to him, mate, when, once you come out of this, your Tinder's going to be going off its head. So we need to, we need to get you some practice in and get you Absolutely. prepared for what's coming. Yeah. So Hannah was to her credit. Hannah was great. She, um, she took the bullet for lack of a better term and said, I'll be, yeah. the, I'll be the, the chick. So we set up the lounge room as a sort of mock bar and then we made Kieran walk in and practice his He's you know pickup lines and he's tuning, I guess, and uh, yeah, it ended with a little, little peck on the lips, bit of kissing practice. So uh, it was, uh, it was very funny and uh, taken in, in good humour by everyone involved. I think. Yeah, I, I wish that got out. That would have been unreal to watch. Yeah, you need to go, but yeah, good on him. It was actually hilarious. Like his first line, like he walked in and sat down and says to Hannah, like, "You're nice looking. Do you have a hot sister?" And we we're like, "Mate, stop. Get out." <laughs> Off you go. Start again. Like, that's not a good start, mate. Like, <laughs> and um, on, on the other hand, was there moments or more than one that you wish was um, out there more to the air, like to the public? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think guys would agree that uh, we're a bit disappointed that uh, we felt that we had, like him especially, I was sort of just tagging along for the ride, but we had most of the house sort of in stitches most days in there, like, um, and sort of kept everyone's spirits up and were quite encouraging in there, but none of that sort of really made it to air. They sort of focused more on the, the gameplay side from, from Dan and I, which was a bit, a bit disappointing, but I, I can see why they did it. You know, it's all about the drama and that these days in reality TV. So you can't really paint people as villains if, uh, if they're making everyone laugh. On, on the other half of the show. So probably just, yeah, the, you know, the fun side of Dan and I probably didn't get shown as much as we thought it was going to, but um, yeah, I, I can fully understand why. Yeah. Angela had all the camera times. So he couldn't get on there, I think. Yeah. Well, we had to watch Ange drink tea for 20 minutes every, every episode for the first three weeks. So there wasn't yeah. much time left. Yeah, definitely. There was a number of people in the house that I didn't personally like. Was there anybody that, <laughs> 
Was there anybody that you just couldn't stand or cool. got on your nerves a little bit? Uh, look, Kieran early early doors was um, couldn't couldn't stand him. And, He's uh, annoying. Yeah, but uh, by the end, honestly. He was the person that probably changed my opinion the most. By the end of it, I just couldn't help but love the guy. Like in this weird way, like he'd come walking into the lounge room again and I'd just be like, I really like this bloke. But um, God, glad he didn't go home with all those eliminations. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about glad, but no, I, I, uh, I grew, to, grew to love Kieran. But um, yeah. I think the two that I guess I probably had least, the least amount in common with... Um, was Alan. Alan and I never really sort of broke bread until he was up for eviction, which sort of said to me that he wasn't that interested in me. He just wanted my vote. And um, yeah, yeah, Angela and I, there's, there was no secret there. We were sort of, <laughs> uh, it was like Ange versus uh, Dan and myself from the, from day one. So we never yeah, really saw eye to eye, but don't get me wrong. Angela's a lovely person just from a very different background to me. And um, yeah, just goes about it in different ways, but she is a lovely person. Yeah, I don't know whether I should be saying this, but with Alan, um, probably one of the ones I wanted gone. Um, when he did go, I got on his Instagram and said, point of view, you have just searched up Alan and want to have a laugh at the flog after he was evicted. And <laughs> 50 people did like it, so... Good one, what a lot of it. So, you're no, terrible, sure terrible Bernsey. <laughs> no, I don't know the man. I'm sure he's a great like. Um, leading, like... Out, coming out of it, did you get, I guess everyone would kind of, um, there'd be people that don't necessarily like everyone, but did you get much hate from like social media and that sort of stuff? Oh yeah, big time, especially the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it went, went crazy as far as uh, just comments on my post, um, direct messages, stuff on Facebook. It was, it was pretty intense, to be honest. Um, yeah, just the way that it they sort of it played out for for Dan and myself the last couple of weeks, we were sort of yeah copping it on a on a nightly basis, which uh, was good. yeah it wasn't it wasn't good, uh, and it sort of it was funny because most people that would send a DM or something, I'd I'd reply to it and just say like you know thanks for your feedback, glad you're enjoying the show, and they'd go mm-hmm. oh shit. I didn't think you'd actually read it. Sorry, I don't. I don't mean it. So, like, well, if you don't mean it, why well, send it? Like, yeah, I know. But yeah, it's yeah it was weird. It was weird in a sense. By the end of it, I was sort of relieved that it was finished, which is sort of a bit sad, really, because it should have been, you know, an exciting time, which it was still exciting. But by the end, it was just like, oh, thank God that's over. Like, because every every episode towards the last sort of, like I said, couple of weeks was just a an effort to get through, to be honest. So, yeah, there was a fair bit of hate going on. Yeah, and uh, like the, sh- yeah, the show also, they kind of just make um, whoever they want look however they want. So, it's pretty hard for people in there. Like, you don't know what's going to be shown, really. And how they- yeah, that's it. And that, that, like I said, the last couple of weeks was just like sitting down for every episode going, okay, what are they going to show tonight? Like, yeah. And a lot of people, I think a lot of viewers sort of didn't take into account that you're only seeing 90 minutes worth of footage, but that's from like three days worth of stuff. Like, you yeah, know, they, so they're just yeah, picking and choosing what they want to show. So, yeah. Yeah. So obviously COVID-19 has been a massive part of this year. Going into the house, there wasn't many cases. Did you guys get more info than what we saw on TV? Uh, yeah. So when we, when we went in, there was like... 30 30 something cases, I think was the last news report I saw. Yeah. Um, 
and then they called us in. We saw a sign riding plane in the air and it said, stop F1. And we were like, oh, I thought, oh, no, someone's died at the bloody yeah. F1 in Melbourne, like in yeah. practice or something. Um, and then the next day it came back and wrote, wash hands in the sky. And we're like, what is going on here? And then the, one of the producers, head producers called us in and she gave us an update that it was up to 100 cases in Australia. And that's why they were trying to get the F1 stopped, which obviously eventually did. Um, and then the next update we got was it was at 300 cases. That was about two days later. And then the next one was when they stopped the game. And um, yeah, that had been up. To, I think it was up to 1,300 cases. And um, the Olympics had been cancelled. Both footy codes had been called off. People were fighting over toilet paper. There was no food on the shelves. So yeah, that's that's sort of the three main updates we got. And then um, as we were moving through, because they were unsure. Uh, whether they were going to be able to finish filming our yeah. show. So we were sort of getting updates every sort of weekly, just sort of letting us know where it's actually at and whether we're going to be able to finish. So, yeah, we got a, we got, they were, they were really good. They kept us in the loop, which was, yeah, really, really appreciative of that. Yeah. And I guess you guys are kind of in the safest place, to be honest, like apart from like the crew members, but you guys are isolated from everyone else that could have it. So it was in a little bubble there. In a weird way, we uh, yeah, trendsetters. We were doing ISO before ISO was a thing. So exactly. <laughs> we didn't know, yeah. but we were literally in the just about the safest place on earth at the time. So it was yeah, in hindsight, it was a pretty good place to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, who was the most genuine person in the house, and why was it Ian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he took the words right out of my mouth, boys. Just uh, yeah, the great Ian Jealous. He's one of the most beautiful people I've ever met. He night one, I was sort of like. Just bloke putting this on a bit here, but then for about nine o'clock the next morning, I was like, nah, this is this is him. He's just, you know, he's just a, as you say, genuine great bloke. Like he would never do anything bad by anybody, I don't think. He's yeah. just such a nice fella and just yeah. completely approached the, the whole Big Brother game, just going in there to be himself. He had no plans to double cross people, no plans to lie or cheat, whatever. He was just his, his beautiful self and uh yeah definitely the most genuine man in there or person in there sorry yeah yeah i was yeah. sad to see him sad to see him go um that early I, I was hoping i could see him hang around for like a bit longer but it was a bit of a bit of a stitch up i guess on him but yeah oh mate we were, i'm still shattered still cry about it every night before i go to bed <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it was great bloke and it was just um yeah really like authentic and yeah like you said didn't try to cross people and just yeah. was himself and how he grew through the whole thing, like socially, sort of was yeah, great to see too. That that was probably one of my, if not the most favourite thing of mine out of it is just sort of helping Ian and then sort of see seeing him grow socially and um, yeah, I guess emotionally to the point where he was sort of he left a different person that he came in. I think so. That's something I'm yeah. pretty proud of and um, yeah, loved seeing it play out. Yeah. yeah, it was great to see. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure he did get a girlfriend on the outside when he went back out, didn't he? No, well, he actually had a he actually had a girlfriend before he went in. They didn't oh, really no. show that. And he was ahead of it. Yeah, she was she was at uh, she was at the finale in Sydney with him. She came across um, Kez. Her name is Karen, and she is she's just a bloody female version of Ian. She's absolutely beautiful. They're literally the same person. It was like when we met her, we're like. Oh wow, you're the same person. Like it's yeah, but yeah. she's really, really lovely, and um, yeah, it's good to see the, the hound uh, with yeah. a better half. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Who did you think would win at the start as it progressed, and once we knew it was a final three? 
Uh, I thought probably early on. I thought if Ian or Sarah get to the get to the final three, they'd win. But then uh, once Ian went home and the way it was sort of playing out, I thought that just the feel that I had in there that I thought Xavier would would actually win. And then it was funny, like watching it, he hardly even got a look in. So, yeah, um, and then when it got to when it got to a final three, uh, I thought I thought Daniel was going to win just because of the weight of numbers in the AFL world. But that's obviously yeah. not how how it played out. Like I thought that, um, yeah, regardless of how he was edited and how he was portrayed, I thought, like I said, weight of numbers would would win out. But uh, Chad played a great game. He didn't step on any toes, so I can definitely see why why he won as well. But the, I also had, uh, dead set, I know I'm, I sound like I'm rabbiting on here, but the top three, even the day of the finale, we didn't have any real yeah. clue which way it was going to go because like we knew Chad probably played the best game. Daniel probably had the biggest following, but then Sophie had the sort of girl power the in the middle. Up, so yeah. I genuinely wouldn't have been surprised mm-hmm. if Dan won, but my, my feel going into it was that Dan was going to win, but obviously that's not how it played out. Yeah, could have yeah, went either exactly way. Exactly the same. Yeah, I thought the likability of all of them. I thought the people would get yeah. behind, rally behind Goz and get him over the line, and we certainly yeah, had, we certainly played that. <laughs> I might have made a couple of fake accounts to get a few votes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he mustn't, he mustn't come close. I would have thought, but, but yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I don't I don't know. I'd like to see the votes, but <laughs> yeah. Um. So, this was obviously a fair moment. What were your thoughts when Sophie came back, and did you actually consider like leaving when? you got the news that she came back in. <laughs> yeah, we were obviously pretty shattered just because of the fact that it was, it was genuinely a massive call that we made and we didn't really feel comfortable doing it. And then when we made the call, it was like, holy shit, like we're home. Cause we were, we were like, from that point, we we're like, we're home here. Like, you know, we thought we we're both going to get to the top three. And then 24 hours later, she walks back in and it's just like, Come on, like it was a, it was a real kick in the guts, like yeah. it was like massive, and it was sort of it was pretty hard to digest, and um, yeah, we had a a very long conversation with one of the producers or Big Brother, and then um and then one of the producers because we were both um yeah pretty pretty hell bent on the fact we were going to walk, um probably goals more so than myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a stern talking to and a very long conversation with one of the producers. But at that moment, it just felt like, well, this game's not fair anymore. So what's the point of playing it? So that's that's what that was our mindset. But can I say we did say hello to Sophie when she came back? I just want to clarify that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, they, didn't, I, they didn't show it. They didn't show it. But we did say hello to her. Yeah, I I can tell you, I was doing when it happened. I was like, because it is ridiculous when. You take the chance, and like God says, you're going to hit. If you're going to hit the shot, you got to make sure you get rid of them. And you just did. And see her come back was. Oh, I was so frustrated. First, first yeah. thing, gets to stay in the room, and then she gets to stay there too. Yeah, that much effort yeah. to win the challenges, Nothing. and then she comes back, and she's obviously pretty good at challenges. So yeah, it would made it tough from that point. Massive stitch up. Well, that's why we got, well, that's why we got rid of her because we like no. I, we both thought she's a gun at, at these challenges and you know, if even if it got to the top 4 like like we said, one of us was going to have to probably miss out. So it's like, well, let's make the call now before and then watching it back, she was ready to make the call on us as well. So it wasn't Exactly. You know, it was a, it was a two-way street. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, your bromance with Goz was well documented. Did you ever consider making a deal with him to share some of the winnings if you had one? No, he's too tight, mate. 
It wouldn't, it wouldn't give me any money. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, we didn't didn't make any deals or anything. Uh, uh, it was sort of never really spoken about, I guess, just because it was sort of that mutual respect thing. You know, he, he got to the top three. He earned the right for the crack at the cash. Um, but we did have a little deal going that if either of us won it, we had a deal with Casey and Xavier as well that uh, the winner had to shout a trip for everyone to Bali and, uh, yeah. and a set of RM Williams boots for everyone. So we're not getting our boots or our bloody trip to Bali. So good on you guys. <laughs> yeah. He's cost he's you. Yeah, it's big time. Um, what would you say to somebody out there considering going on it? And obviously you said earlier you would, you would do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest advice is just, if you're thinking about it, just do it. Like, honestly, just throw your hat in the ring, do the application, have fun with it. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. It was obviously, it's, it sounds weird saying that for me because as I said, the last sort of couple of weeks was an effort and it got pretty dark there, but yeah. the overriding feeling I have coming out of it is that it was just a once in a lifetime thing and so much fun. And I've, I've made some genuine lifelong friends out of it. So if you're thinking about doing it, definitely have a crack at it. You won't regret it. I don't think. Yeah. yeah, good advice. Was the experience of Big Brother as hard, both physically and mentally, as you thought it would be? Uh, physically, I wasn't sure what to expect. I think the challenges were probably harder than I thought they were going to be, especially like yeah, seeing pretty all life. the different people. Yeah, all the different pe- seeing all the different people that were in there, and then seeing how hard some of the challenges were. Like, no offense to them, but some of them challenges there was people that with no chance of winning him. Like yeah. blind Freddie could yeah. tell you that. So physically the challenges were probably a lot harder than I thought. Um, the food was, was pretty rough. Didn't have much tucker. Like I lost about six or seven kegs, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, but mentally it was so hard and emotionally it was harder than I, than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. It was just, I've never felt, uh, yeah, my emotions so heightened for such a long time. Like when I left, it was just like, like, thank God that's over. So, yeah, mentally and emotionally, it was probably the hardest thing I've just about ever done. Yeah, it would be very draining just, like, thinking about it all the time, like, what's going to happen, what you should do, who's going to win challenges, all that stuff. That's It was, and you just, by the end of it, the, the less and less people that got there, you, you wouldn't even want to look at someone the wrong way because you, you yeah, the fear of them getting offside or so. Every single thing that you did, every move you made, you it's had to think about. about before you did it. And it was, yeah, it was full on. Yeah, yeah. like you said, the challenges were pretty hard. And I was like a little bit disappointed with those last few. Uh, it was with those keys and unlocking those things when it's sort of purely luck, purely luck not just sort of skill. Like it's, if you get the right one, you know, you, you, you're sorted really. Yeah, I mean, and I, I can see why they why they did that because you you know if you had something like who can lift the most weight well obviously daniel and or chad are gonna you know they're gonna win that so you sort of have to had to make it fair in a, in a sense but yeah that was sort of i wish they were earlier on in the comp <laughs> yeah yeah they're pretty hard yeah and you said and you said before how like a few challenges were a bit rough i thought I thought I'm just watching it. I thought Sarah caught a pretty rough run with some of the things because she was just like, she's just way smaller than everyone and a few things she was a bit tough for her, like reaching things and yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, she was pretty funny. There was a few like when they'd show us what the challenge was and Sarah would just be like, oh, great. Thanks, big brother. I can't win this. And they'd be like, well, yes, you can, Sarah. So like, no, I can't. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, Don't try and tell me I can't. No, I can't. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah conceded, I reckon that reaching, victory, right? reaching one for the water, she was, that was rough because... um. 
like Marissa's easy doing it and then and guys and that and then she's on her tiptoes from the start. Well, that even mine in that like yeah, I, I wouldn't hard. have won anyway. I wouldn't I wouldn't have won anyway. But I was like full stretch like to even get mm. mine blocked. And then I looked over and Angie's like half leaning like this with her hand up and still had it blocked. I'm like, Jesus, she had the same measurements taken that I've had. And I looked at Sarah and she was like on the tippy toes and Shane yeah. could only just reach his. And I was like, yeah, something's going on here. Have I been stitched up? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. why like, that's why I took my shirt off in that one. And it wasn't the bloody show me rig off. Don't worry. It could freeze yeah. But I was like, if I, I thought if I fold my shirt, because I could only just reach it. I thought if I fold my shirt up and stand on it, which I did, I got like an extra inch and that worked for probably an hour, but the wetter and wetter my shirt got, it just, yeah, just sank. But yeah, I was back yeah. to only just being able to reach. So Yeah. yeah. Um, how was it going back to the hometown after the big journey? And it would, you would have been the talk of the town probably still as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's been great out here getting, getting right around me and um, being super supportive through the, through the whole show. And now even when it's finished and like when I sort of went to Coles this afternoon, just before this and, get two or three people saying, well done, we're proud of you. And that's, uh, yeah, it's sort of, it's a town that uh, a lot of people knew, I guess, who I was before I went. Not so much for Think Tank or anything, just mainly through the local footy. Like That's pretty, it's the main sort of sporting comp in town. So if you play sort of senior footy, everyone sort of knows who you are anyway, in a sense. So it wasn't as if uh, people didn't know who I was, but now everyone's sort of, yeah, been really supportive and got right behind it, and yeah, it means the world to be honest with you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, finally, we've we've been pursuing guys for quite some time to come on the podcast, so I just want to say if you ever if you ever want to send his number through, we'll um, we'll gladly take that. And I'll, <laughs> I, will <laughs> say, I will say I won't turn down Hannah's number if you have that as well. <laughs> <laughs> mate, you sound like one of my one of my mates. Watching it dead set, he's like, mate, if it gets to the top three and you're with Hannah, I'm voting for Hannah. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, he's a bit of a stitch up, but no, nah, we'll, uh, we'll, I'll put some work into the big fella and see what we can we can do for you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Right, thanks um, a lot. And that's all we have for you, Matt. Um, thanks heaps for coming on, and we've enjoyed the chat. I'm sure all the listeners will as well, and definitely have a couple of fans in us. So, good luck for the future. Nah, thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, sorry I only got the, the second half of the bromance, but uh, like I said, I'll work on the big fella for you. But nah, thanks no, for having me in, and um, yeah, stay safe down there in, in Victoria, and hopefully, these are out of the uh, out of the dark times very soon. Yep. No nice. Worries. Thanks very much for joining us. Cheers, so fellas. Gotcha. Nice yeah. to meet you. Thank you. You too. You too. See, ya. See ya. G'day, and welcome back to episode eighteen of the Back Pocket Band Podcast. Um, Connor. First of all, how was the week, mate? Yeah, very well. Very good. Just quiet one for yourself? or No, nah, we've actually been busy, haven't we? We've yeah, been we've busy recording plenty of podcasts for you guys this week. So yeah, it's been a lot. I reckon what, enough for the next three or four, nearly at the moment. So got another one tomorrow. Um, Yeah. Yep, so, so stay um, tuned for that. Yeah, but next week, big one. But um, hope you enjoyed the chat with Maddie, boy. It's a bit of a change up from what we're used to, but... I personally bloody loved it. I reckon he's a bloody legend and I love watching him on on Big Brother. Um and yeah, just a very genuine bloke. He was he was down to do it as soon as I um sent him a message and and um yeah, we thank Matt for coming on. It was it was a great, enjoyable chat and hopefully you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Um Yeah, couldn't agree more. So fantastic fella. Um yeah, so what else? Do, do you want to get straight into the questions? or? Yeah, I think we'll just get straight into the questions. All right. Um, the first question we had from 
Harry Griffiths. Um, after your All-Australian midfield, laughing emoji, so I don't know what to make of that, Hagrid, what is your All-Australian bench? Connor? Thanks for the question, Hagrid. Uh, as a mid-forward, I've got Dustin Martin. He obviously started a bit slow, but he's starting to play some of his best footy now. And then just as a mid, Jack Steele. The one defender I had, Nick Haynes, great intercept defender, takes a lot of marks and can win a lot of one-on-ones too. And the one tall was Max Gorn, but uh, it was pretty tough one. You could have put, um, obviously, Grundy was my first one. You could have put Gorn, Todd Goldstein or or um, Nick Nguyen, Nguyen, Nguyen. So it was yeah. pretty tough, but I went with Gorny. Yeah, it always is tough to um, pick sides. And obviously, whatever side you pick, there's going to be people that don't necessarily agree with it. And, um, yeah, lots of it's subjective and comes down to what people personal preference um, but for mine I've, I didn't really think as much about the mid um, mid forward mid defender like that stuff I just thought name my best um, my best four so I'd gone Jack McRae who's obviously been racking up posies Jack Steele I love the way he goes about it and um, hopefully that one will please you Hagrid and Clayton Oliver of he's obviously um, a very good player and racks him up as well week week in week out um, pretty good inside and gets lots of handballs out, clearances and that stuff. So he's been good as well. So that would have to be my um, my Australian uh, bench. But yeah, obviously yep, very quality players enough. there. So lots of quality players there. So uh, next question we've got from the Washed Up podcast: Best defender this year, Rampy Harris, I think Andrews, um, Grimes, or Nick Haynes, or others, I guess. Um, so who do you reckon for this, Connor? Obviously. Yeah, it's obviously a lot of good players there, but I've gone, yeah, Nick Haynes once again. I think just like I said before, great intercept marker, and without him in GWS's back line, that struggle a bit, and he also just wins one-on-ones. He can do a lot. He can provide good run too, and yeah, seems yeah. to get a fair bit of the ball most of the time, so he's he's got it all. But, yeah, Harris Andrews, Dill Grimes, guys like that, very good defenders too. Yeah, initially that's what I think um, Nick Haynes as well. Probably just because that that fact, just his ability to read it and intercept marks. It, and I I don't know what he'd be averaging marks, but he he racks them up like yeah, pretty close to nine I think. Yeah, um, nine. And he, yeah, he just reads it so well, drifts across in front of packs and takes big grabs. And um, very important when the game in certain situations, I guess you could say so. Um, yeah, he'd probably be um Haynes for me, but apart from that, obviously Andrews is probably my my second pick there. Um moving on, we've got another question. Boy boy where are we podcast Bailey Walsh. The grand final dark horse he said. Um I I reckon for this one, I reckon I'm gonna go Saints. I reckon, because they they've got like they've got a very good side and when they come to play they can turn it on and I reckon they're very exciting this year, and um, and if they make finals, which I think they will, but if they make, you know, if they finish fifth or sixth, maybe, I think um they've got a big possibility to go very deep into September. Yeah, teams will be fearing coming up against them. Yeah, I might just go a bit different. Uh, yeah, St Kilda, like you said. Yep. Obviously, pretty good, but I think you can't count Geelong out. Yeah, I, I don't think they've been 
talked about really as premiership favourites much, but if they are able to beat Port Adelaide uh, tomorrow night, then, yeah, they're probably going to be up there and really, really considered one of the best. So, yeah, Geelong for me. Yep. Um, oh, We've got a few from Jack Wortley. Uh, obviously, as um, as on behalf of the lads on the bus, he said, can Dusty win the Brownlow? First question. Um, to be honest, thanks for the question, Jack. I don't, I don't think so. I think uh, Neil is too hard to catch for anyone at the moment. Um, by no means, I would say Dusty won't poll well. He could still got the ability to poll quite a few votes, but I don't think anyone is really a genuine sniff. I think Neil's got it kind of in the bag, I reckon. But obviously, Petrarch has been talked about polling Fairview. Um, but yeah, I don't think Dusty can just because the start of the season wasn't quite like he's playing some. He's played a few good games of late, but um, yeah, I, I can't take the focus away from Neil myself. Yeah, I don't think he can win it. Didn't play well enough in the early parts of the season. So yeah, he said um, another question: Can Melbourne make finals? And I reckon Jack. I reckon they can. That's my short, um, short, uh, simple answer for you. Um, obviously, Petrarca, Oliver, they've got some very good players in the guts there. And um, yeah, I, I wouldn't. They've obviously had a few, got a few injuries at the moment with the Rucks, um, Gorn and um, Jackson. But uh, definitely, I, th- I definitely think they can can make finals. Yeah, I don't think they can make it. Uh, the next few games will be crucial, and they've got Collingwood and the Doggies, which are two probably pretty challenging games. So, yeah, yeah, I just don't think they may win one of them. I just don't see them winning both, and they could easily lose both too. So, I just don't. They're playing a bit better lately, but I don't see them making it. Yeah, that's fair enough. And um, he's also said it kind of leads in, like that's fair enough. But I, I'm I'm having I'm backing them in. Like I reckon, I I think Bruce will he come in. Yeah, probably big Braden Pruce or I don't like I reckon he's like that. I reckon he's decent, big Prucey. Um but it's not too bad. They've obviously got a tough next couple of games, but teams like Collingwood are struggling with a few injuries as well. And I, I feel like if they can win one of the next two, then they might have a bit of an easier run. But um we'll see we'll see what happens. But Jack said if Collingwood lose to Melbourne, what do they face? Um what do you reckon on this if one? Collingwood, right? yeah. yeah, if Collingwood lose. Well they've They've had a little slow decline since they've had injuries and really they ended up winning by four goals against Adelaide but Adelaide had more scoring shots and it was a bit of a struggle and they just didn't like look like they were playing good enough footy to obviously challenge with the top side. So if they lose to Melbourne, then uh, they'll probably be, a few fellas will probably be a bit worried for their spots in the side. And yeah, they're probably yeah they might continue to go down. I don't know, but yeah, look. Hopefully, they get their good players back soon. Yeah, on the ladder. On the ladder at the moment, Collingwood are seventh, Melbourne tenth. Um, Collingwood twenty six points, Melbourne twenty. If Melbourne do, if Collingwood lose to Melbourne, I think it says more about Melbourne necessarily than Collingwood. Um, but I think um, you know Melbourne are a win out of the eight. If they win one of the next two. If they beat Collingwood, Collingwood will go to what? They'll stay 
they'll stay in there. But um, they might pr- be pretty close to dropping outside. I reckon. It's it's one that Collingwood really don't want to because they're on the verge of the eight. Really, they're uh, sitting at seventh at the moment, so they really don't want to lose lose that one. I would um I would think. Um, I think that's everything, Connor. Yep. I think that rounds out the questions there. Yeah. Thanks for all the questions, guys. We always um like seeing what you have to say and answering them, and we hope you enjoyed um Maddie. Like I said again, Maddie Garrick, bloody legend from Broken Hill. Um, yeah, get behind that and um give it a good listen. And next week we like what I said last week. It's going to be big if it works out. It worked out, that's for sure, didn't it, Connor? Yeah, it's pretty big guest coming up and um next week. For, so stay tuned for that one. And bloody hell, like, like after oh before it, I was dancing around, going making a bit of a silly, um, going crazy a bit. But then after it, I was I've always been I've been pumped all week from it. Really, yeah, hard it's, to believe um, it. Really, some of the people we've took talked to, I never really expected. And I know all this it's been um, a lot of fun so far. So yeah, exactly. Like yeah, when we started this, we were. Not thinking it could, um, you know, we we weren't th- um, we weren't predicting we'd speak to people like Gibbo, Sam Mitchell, Tommy McDonald, um, and obviously the person we're getting on, Gotchi, Alex Johnson, Sam Harper, and all, any other guests we've um, we've Ryan missed. McClure, yeah, bloody Legend. oath, yeah, bloody oath. Don't forget that one. Um, Shaggy, main main man, he loves the pod, so we love uh, providing it to him each week. But um yeah, stay tuned. We've got a few more guests coming and it should be should be good. Um good listening next week. Yeah, don't miss that one. It's it's gonna be good fun. Um a long a long chat, but it was a ripper. So uh that's everything we've got for you. Thanks for listening again, guys, and um yeah, have a have a good uh week, weekend, and um next week and we'll see you next Friday. Is all it will take.